You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Seeing a new world heavyweight champion come SummerSlam? Yes. And who will it be? Finn Balor. Well, we're here to discuss. I'm Tempest, your host of today's Raw podcast here on the Talk podcast channel. I'm joined by the truth, the professor Dan Layton. Back again for our second show in a row after having never done a podcast I know. previously. We're packing them in. I love it. Uh, hey, why not just go full board, do all the shows, yeah. every single one. You're forced to come in now for the Dynamite and SmackDown <laughs> I'm not podcast. Complain. That sounds good to me. He is your Jam in the Jar winner. I am your Quizzlemania champion. We're here to discuss Monday Night Raw, July 24th, 2023. Make sure you get in your Ultra Chats down below. The link is in the description and in the uh, live chat. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. I'm getting it back. I only mm, need yeah. one more show to shake Killing off the uh, podcast the ring, ring rust. Ring. So make sure you get in all of your thoughts about who's going to walk out at SummerSlam as World Heavyweight Champion and all other manners of, of topics here on this Raw podcast. Um, we do need to find a new name for the Ultra Chats because there was some unintended um, side side uh, mm-hmm. meanings to our to our previous name which was a shame so thank you natalia for your service but if you can come up with some other suggestions we're open to it on the raw review my suggestion and bear with me here is ultra chat because it's really easy for yeah. me to remember and i don't have to think and about I know what that show raw is on. the traditional one and it's the old-fashioned one and it's the mainstay it's the one we all use as an anchor but i still i just like silly camp names tempest I don't know what to tell you. You might know this about me. I don't know about you, but uh, I... chats. Thank you. Anywho, with that being said, he's already gone and done it. We are going to get into our topic here, that being who's walking out of SummerSlam as World Heavyweight Champion, because this was the Judgment Day show. Yeah, I mean, there were reports going into the the weekend coming off the the last week that the... um, WWE are high as a kite on the Judgment Day. They feel like they've got a real, a real something, something on their hands, like another, another bloodline. Not necessarily the longevity of the story, not necessarily the like cinema of it all, but in terms of like connection with the audience, connection with each other, uh, potential conflict and interest in the storyline. Judgment Day, which I find 
fascinating when you consider, and we'll get into it as we go through the show, but when you consider where we were a year ago. Yup. Wild. How, I was how listening. I was listening to uh, uh, Wrestling Observer Radio on my way into the office as they were talking about this, and they were just like, "Remember when Edge was in this group? Remember when Edge was in this and group? And he quit this group because yeah. they had planned to do some like spooky voodoo garbage, yeah. and he's just like, "Nah, I don't want to do that. I, I'll just, I'll, I'll dip." And yeah. then they just never did that, and a year later, like the hottest thing on Raw. We used to call them spooky jobbers because they just had this music and the things, and they they were like saying a load of stuff that didn't really mean anything, and it was just like, uh, I mean, I, I like the idea of something supernatural if if you do it right. I'm not really averse to that, but it just was never clicking with the Judgment Day. Yeah. And then who knew that all you needed was Dominic Mysterio to take you over to the next level? Who could have possibly thought? And this show kicked off with Dominic Mysterio as the focus. Here as the rest of Judgment Day awaits the arrival of the new NXT North American champion. He comes out to nuclear heat. Yeah, big The time. good kind of heat. The kind of heat where you just see people who are just standing up and... Bah! Yeah. But smiling as they're doing I mean, it. That's exactly they're, they're it. They're playing their part and they love to hate this guy. Yeah. There hasn't been someone quite like that mm. in WWE in quite some time, I've thought. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what to tell anybody. I don't know who saw this level of Dominic Mysterio performance a year ago well, coming, again. but. You're, you're dead right, because if you if you go back a year ago, literally, we hadn't got to Clash in the Castle yet. We were waiting yep. for another month or so. He was still essentially Rey Mysterio's plus one, mm -hmm. right? And and over the course, like, his in-room work, I think, has got better. You know, it's not it's not oh, for flawless, sure. but, like, it's, it's we had, he had a great match today, which we'll talk about. Um, he, he's the North American Championship, and I and I think that's a really cool thing to put the belt on. Dom is is a adds an extra layer of spice to his character, a level of growth to the character. His work on the mic, I think, leaning into this double act with Rhea Ripley, I think, is improving in in leaps and bounds. They've they've come a long way as a unit, and it, and in a way, this felt like a celebration of that, which it wasn't, but it it, yeah. it was like a. And that's why I think, as we'll get into the conversation about who will be the world champion, I think putting the belt on Finn Balor is the is the sort of final piece of that puzzle. Mm -hmm. So they all introduce themselves one by one and bring out Dominic Mysterio, who's showered in booze, and they do a little bit of, you know, just playing with the audience. But they are soon interrupted by Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Indeed. who come out, and Kevin Owens is still trying to break the meta of WWE by analyzing, <laughs> wait a minute, haven't we done this already? You guys come out, and you talk a little bit, and then we come out, and a match gets made. This all happened before. Etc. It's the Kevin Owens shtick right now. It's all very good. Eventually, this leads to Sami Zayn telling Dominic Mysterio that the reason that people don't respect him is because no one respects him. No one there respects him. And last week, they goaded Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens into putting the WWE Undisputed Tag Team titles on the line in a tag match. So tonight, if Sami Zayn is going to face Dominic Mysterio, why doesn't Dom put the title on the line? And Dom's not really down with this, but Rhea accepts on his behalf, and Dom's like, yeah, okay. I will do that. Yeah. So that's how we kick off the show. Good stuff. And we'll get to more of the rest of the non-topical Judgment Day yeah. stuff as it happened throughout the show. But the main event segment was the contract signing for the SummerSlam World Heavyweight title match between Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. Finn Balor comes out first. He says that Adam Pearce was supposed to be presiding over this segment, but maybe it's because Judgment Day has been running wild a little too much because there were several injuries caused by the Judgment Day throughout the show. He is otherwise occupied. So Finn Balor then takes his seat and Seth Rollins comes out. Mm. Seth Rollins comes out, gets the song. Everybody's singing along with Seth Rollins. 
It's a whole thing. He comes down. He sits down. And Finn, ba- Finn Balor starts cutting his promo. And immediately, like, people are starting to do the song. Mm. Like, the, the fans are trying to be dicks and, and right. cut them off like the other time and, and everything. It's a point. It's their point now. Where it's like, haha, we're going to make you lose your train mm. of thought. And we're going to ruin your promo. Which, whatever. I don't have time to get into here. This is a three-hour show. They do their promo. And Finn Balor is talking about how he has spent the last seven years losing yeah. and that pisses him off and seth rollins he's getting in finn balor's head he's talking about the judgment day he's talking about how you're not gonna win the world heavyweight championship at SummerSlam. i'm gonna beat you but even if you win you've got damian priest right mm-hmm. behind you he's gonna cash in money in the bank the first chance he gets so even if you were to win the world heavyweight title that reign would be even shorter than your universal title reign and everybody goes oh And Finn Balor says, as Judgment Day then start to surround the ring, that he has had seven years of losing, that he has a seven-year itch that he's been trying to scratch, and at SummerSlam, he's going to make Seth Rollins his seven-year bitch. Seven-year bitch. Mm. Mm. What a line. Love that. And sure enough, at this point... He drops that line, and the Judgment Day have surrounded the ring. They're all in the apron like the Shield used to do. They all get into the ring as Seth Rollins flips the table. He hits Priest with the table. He goes. He takes down Finn Balor. He's fighting them all off, but eventually he gets overwhelmed. Sami Zayn comes down to the ring. He ducks a clothesline from Rhea Ripley, has a chair, hits each member of Judgment Day, but eventually gets hit with Rhea Ripley from behind. They take him down. Priest hits the Day of Reckoning on Sami Zayn, and they hit the stomp and everything on Seth Rollins and they leave him laying with Judgment Day standing tall as the show goes off the air. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a very good way to set up SummerSlam mm-hmm. because I don't necessarily think that the Seth Rollins-Finn Balor rivalry has been necessarily what I would have thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would have gotten there if the fans hadn't ruined that one Finn Balor mm-hmm. promo. Like Maybe that would have made this all feel a little bit more heated. But I thought this segment in a vacuum has done a very good job to build SummerSlam, Mm -hmm. build this intrigue of like, well, what's going to happen? You know, we've got a money in the bank thing going on here. And I will be the first person to say that I do not need the money in the bank contract to be cashing at SummerSlam. Right. Because that has happened far too many times since the show became its own pay-per-view and everything. But it does pose the question now because I think Seth Rollins has done Fine job as world heavyweight champion at first, but Judgment Day is incredibly over on this hand, where you have the most over women star in all of WWE, Mm -hmm. one of the most over stars full stop in Rhea Ripley. You've got Dominic Mysterio, who's getting loads of heat. He's got a title. You've got Damian Priest, who's Mr. Money in the Bank, who's going to have some intrigue around him wherever he goes. And now you have Finn Balor. And Finn Balor could be given this extra little thing to help cement Judgment Day as like, yeah, this is the top act Mm. on Raw. And what do you really do with Seth Rollins after that, if not? Because I'm looking around at the heels on Raw. There aren't a ton that I think could easily go into a world title program with Seth Rollins. Mm. I suppose you could do something like start building up a Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar match, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe you turn Drew McIntyre heel after the Gunther match at SummerSlam and have Drew McIntyre then go and be the number one contender for the world title in Seth Rollins. I think that would be a fun match. But again, 
nothing, it's just theories, you know, where mm. are we gonna go next? Whereas in Judgment Day holding the belt land, there are a number of different intriguing possibilities where you can kind of immediately go with that. Mm. I am super intrigued by this whole story then. I'll tell you why, because it, it, it is this whole thing of the year past coming to this moment. And it actually, it's almost like a microcosm for the whole thing because this storyline, which began with that wobble, that mm -hmm. um, the 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 fans taking over the segment and Finn not being able to respond to it, which led to a a, a, a less than stellar build up to Money in the Bank, has become something that I'm really compelled by and I'm really mm -hmm. intrigued by. I think the reason that the the, the feud initially didn't really get um, going was because really what it was based around was stuff that was a seven years old and b it's not like they haven't had we, we spoke about this so many times they haven't they've had opportunities to deal with it and they sure. have wrestled with each other they've wrestled plenty they, so they were times. feuding over the intercontinental title they opened wrestlemania together yep. like you know it's so it's a thing that's been done so that wasn't really something that we could really buy into because also let's not forget seven years is a long time mm -hmm. like we're, we're still around obviously that was the beginning of a period where the, this boom period is the evidence of like because this is when the internet wrestling community really got an extra lift and then the fan base started to really compact and get stronger um but seven years is a long time to remember that stuff um and i think that as a result it kind of fell flat now you've added the mcguffin you've added the extra little plot detail of the money in the bank briefcase you've created a really interesting dynamic and something that seth said in the middle of the promo was not only that if you win the belt priest could cash in on you and you know he will mm -hmm. because you would too and that's very true it's it's seth seth did it you know as money in the bank winner anyone who wins money by the briefcase you'd be foolish to not take full advantage of that opportunity it's why baby faces don't always turn heel when they do it except for you know CM Punk we were talking mm -hmm. about yesterday um I, I love the way that this was put together in the main event segment. So when when uh, what's his face Finn is talking, he's he's uh, come on leaps and bounds from that. And I read some somewhere that he actually back in the day in NXT, Triple H found him like uh, having a moment to himself in the, yeah. in the in the in the parking lot, and he was like, "You you okay, dude?" And he was like, "Yeah, I just have never put this much thought into promos because he was working in Japan. It wasn't really part of his." Um, his agenda really wasn't mm -hmm. really part of his character. And now obviously in WWE, it's a massive part of his character. A real rock and roller. Prince Prince the real rock and roll express. No, <laughs> like The real rock and roller. Um, but like, he, so to know that he's come from that place of being really overwhelmed by those promos and even to being rattled by the fans yeah. to now, I genuinely think doing, I think he did a great job last week in that sit down promo. I think he's done a really good job in this moment. Um, so while he was talking, and the the way it was shot to have all of the all of the various people, because I thought initially the first thing we saw was Damien Priest, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I got it. Damien Priest going to do something here? Are they going to tease that? But no. Then we see Dom, and then we see Rhea, all coming from all the different angles. It felt like a swarm. I felt myself sitting forward. I felt very compelled by it. Um, and then yeah, the the line of the seven year bitch was kind of carny, but also I really enjoyed it. Um, and the beatdown was even with Sami Zayn, unequivocal. The Judgment mm -hmm. Day have your number. And I do agree completely about Seth Rollins being, you know, he was good for the champion, the first champion. What's interesting to me is that I actually feel like his character has taken a dip as a result of having the belt, which is so weird. I think I I really like, this is, this is maybe a personal thing, but I really kind of vibed with the character. I was okay with it in the US title picture. But there was something about it now being the the, the face that runs the place. I don't mean face in the in, 
yeah. industry sense. The character is dissonant to me um, because it's antagonistic, but also it's not. And I was like, because you're the protagonist. It's a very, it's, a, it's an odd thing. I think he would probably be better off not having the belt mm. and Finn would be better off having the belt for this storyline because then what you do get is a very paranoid world champion who finally has scratched that itch but now he's got a new looming sense of what's going on right. within his own faction that's a really interesting storyline that you can play with and let's say that um they kick him out of the group and and priest you know they do let's say in in like a month's time his run with the bell isn't isn't going so well and they um they do a, a big group beat down they introduce a new member and and take the title off him well then you've got a program going for a little while longer you can do a lot more by putting the belt on finn um so yeah i think i think i'm all for it and i and i i just think it's a real credit to everyone in the faction that they have managed to take what was essentially a, a boring opening triple threat tag team situation and turn it into the main event scene yeah you know, it's real credit to these guys. I think that Finn Balor currently is the best he's ever been on the main roster. Mm. Like when I look at the other periods of Finn Balor being a really good character, being really solid, a real three dimensional character. It's all of the work he did in NXT, like mm. when he went back to NXT and turned heel and was going through and trying to take down all the other people that had taken his place in NXT and such. Mm. And his first run as the demon as NXT champion, all of that stuff was fantastic. But we've never gotten much more than smile. Finn Balor on Raw mm. and you know maybe a little bit of heel stuff in the year prior of Judgment Day but until now now he's really getting his chance to sink his teeth into some stuff a little bit more and actually be portrayed as a real main event talent like yeah for the first time on the main roster save for the first month before he got hurt I have nothing bad to say about Finn Balor right now. I would not be upset whatsoever to see him as world champion. I think you've hit the nail right on the head saying that him scratching the itch, the paranoia of never being world champion again mm. after that one day reign, to have that paranoia put to sleep and have a new one take its place mm. by having someone you're supposed to trust just looming that you know that you can never all the way trust them, mm. I think would be such a great little touch for this character. Mm. And we haven't seen the money in the bank contract and the world title in a faction yeah. together really ever no we haven't i mean the, the thing i always uh puts me in mind of is when batista won the royal rumble sure and you had the world championship and the royal rumble winner in the same faction um but we haven't had the money in the bank in that yeah. context so i think it's a really interesting wrinkle because we have the money in the bank briefcase has kind of suffered you know there's been whether it be who who it's had or, or i mean last year's run was just a complete shambles yeah. for a number of reasons and i don't blame theory for all of them but um it's a it's it, it, it's sort of in, in need of a bit of rehab mm -hmm. and i think giving something completely fresh with it is is a really exciting prospect um also while you were talking about all of finn balor's various eras and personas and things like that I, it occurred to me it's his birthday today oh so happy birthday finn happy birthday um, finn balor it's also my best friend nathan's birthday so happy birthday nathan happy birthday nathan and of course we can't forget happy birthday pete happy birthday pete. happy birthday to pete quinnell um but the um uh the, all the various eras. There's, uh, so the reason I remembered that was because I saw a lot on Twitter the sort of like montages of him with the NXT Championship, the, yeah. big, the big X, then him with the most recent run with the championship. Um, I mean, we still have the pictures of him having won the Universal Championship, and that was such a 
big statement to bring him as that early draft pick back in the 2016 draft and then make it it, it felt like a sea change at the yeah. time um when they said we're gonna put you we're, we're putting finn balor in contention for this belt and then he wins it and i remember it was all kind of thinking at the moment oh sick oh no in quick succession yeah. um so i feel really glad for him actually that, that, that it's happened in this way um and i yeah i just i just think seth needs to do other things and stop talking about how good it is to not be in a union yeah the only other thing i need to uh put uh put out there in regards to this is a lot of people have been saying that this is like you know the either the next bloodline segment or the next bloodline story or something of that nature where there's a comparison being made to how wwe has portrayed the bloodline and the judgment day I think one of the best things that WWE has done with the bloodline on TV has just been the consistent week-to-week intrigue. Mm. Regardless of what section of the last year of storytelling we've looked at, whether it's Jay and Sammy, or is Sammy going to turn, or are they going to turn on Sammy, and then the Royal Rumble, and then where do Jay's allegiances lie, mm. Jimmy's allegiances, Jay's allegiances again, etc. All of that week-to-week, what are we going to see on the next show that kind of feeling, that's the exact kind of feeling you would get by having the world champion and Mr. Money in the Bank in the same faction. Yeah. I you want that agree. feeling, that's a damn sure good way to do it. And it wouldn't feel it wouldn't feel to me like it was a, a, a rehash of any of those things because there are different flavors to that story. Um I just think it's I don't I don't see a downside. Go yeah. for it. Do Go it. for it. Why not? Yeah. We're gonna need a title change at SummerSlam, and I don't think the top one's changing, but we'll see. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Oh. 
Let's get into some of your ultra chats, your alpha chats. I think alpha pardon, chats. Pardon me, your alpha chats yeah. here. Make sure you get in all of your thoughts at uh, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Make sure to send those in at the five US dollar and above limit. We'll get read out on this show. So uh, C's and in Divan says, hi guys, I was at the show last night with my mom who doesn't watch wrestling, but wanted to be there. Uh, unlike Cody, <laughs> some of her big takeaways, Drew is hot. I think Rhea's a guy. Uh, I can guarantee you not. Uh, and that guy, Kevin Owens, uh, that Kevin Owens guy sounds like your dad with how much he yells. I really liked Kevin. We'll talk about it. Well, no, we've already talked about it. I really liked Kevin Owens' uh, monologue. His like, yeah. one-sentence rant, which was... the this, this whole thing of him being meta and pulling it apart is... Uh, is a lot of fun. I do also enjoy introducing people who aren't really like, they're not re regular viewers of the show mm -hmm. to wrestling and seeing how they respond. Like uh, my my girlfriend came to the Money in the Bank um, watch along party and Sullivan was explaining LA Knight to her. Mm -hmm. She was a bit overwhelmed. She was like, God, this is a lot of stuff. And then she was like, this is LA Knight. He, he's, his thing is he says, yeah. And she was like, that that's his whole Okay, and like we go, yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And like I'd just been at the O2 where all of these people were walking around. You couldn't walk for someone screaming, yeah. And then someone who's completely like brand new to it is like, that, and that's entertaining, is it? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's a lot of fun to bring someone along who has no idea what's going on. Absolutely. And um, also, also, um, I will get to Drew. I was about to reply to more of these things, but yeah, I mean, Drew looked good on the show. He was, he yeah. was, you know, in 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 proper shape. Yeah. Yeah. An attractive man, that Drew McIntyre, mm. can confirm. Uh, and Cody James says, idea for you guys, team name, Team Danada. As I mean, in Canada. Going to SummerSlam, can't wait. It's my first pay-per-view. I hope you have a lovely time, Cody. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah. I think you'll have a good time indeed. Indeed. So we're going to get into the rest of our Raw review here. Make sure you get in all of those alpha chats at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. And we'll read them out before the end of the show. So we had our first match here, that being Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark. Yeah. And this was the match where if Becky Lynch lost, she was going to get a tattoo across her chest that said, thank you, Trish. So in case there was any intrigue into who was going to win this match, that should have put it to bed. But still a good match nonetheless. Trish Stratus was out there seconding Zoe. And I thought they did a really good job. Some of their stuff early on was a, like a step off. There was, you know, the opening sequence. I think Zoe Stark was going to go and swing a clothesline. It felt like one of those stutter step kind of moments. But after that, they had a good match. Yeah. You know, Becky countered the uh, the finish or flipping uh, go to sleep thing. I forget what it's called. The Z360. Okay. The Z360. Because she's Z. Z. Yeah. And you flip them 360. It's a very simple name as far as names uh, go. Uh, yeah, I guess you do end up 360 by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. I'll, I'll roll with it. Uh, yeah, and Becky Lynch ended up getting the win. She managed to lock in a bunch of different holds. She went for the uh, the arm breaker. The, the, I forget. What is the it? The disarm her. The disarm What's her. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. What's I, happened to I you? I don't know, bro. I'm tired. Yeah. I've lost everything. I don't know what You finishers. know everything. Like, you could I, could, I could ask you to tell me who won the, um, like, the, the, the G1 Climax in 1946, and you would, like, know. 
and you can't remember the disarm her. What's going on? It wasn't a G1 climax. <laughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling was not founded until 1972. Anywho. Anyway, what's Becky Lynch's, that move where she's doing something with the arm? I don't know. I've not watched Becky Lynch consistently in a long time. And that's not my fault. Well, I'm keeping it because I enjoy her still. I thought this match was really good. I yeah. really enjoyed myself. I, I I think it is, I mean, we all knew it was, it was the right call for the winner yes. of the match. We all knew it was going to happen because... Trish and uh, Becky at SummerSlam feels like a yes. nice, uh, and I would like for, I keep saying this, I want Alita to return just to be like, evening the numbers, have someone on, on her side kind of thing, just to put, just to really neaten everything up and finish it off. Um, but I think, I, so I, so even with the, um, knowing that's going to be the case and also knowing that, you know, she's never in a million years going to get a tattoo of thank you Trish on her chest. I thought it was impressive that they still got a couple of near falls in where I was like, oh, decent. You, you've sort of done a, a good job with plotting that match. I also, um, I don't know if remember if it was Luke or if it was on another podcast I listened to where someone was like, it was it would have been for instance a better thing to be saying no 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 I tell you what if you lose to 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 Zoe, I want you to get on your knees and bark like a dog. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Just to put a right. bit extra spice. The tattoo thing felt like a Vince Russo bit of nonsense that was never. I mean, we were not convinced by it, so whatever. Um, but I, I as as I keep looking at this um, story as a whole, and I think I just. I genuinely thank you, Trish. I think Trish did yeah. a really good job of throwing herself into the Money in the Bank match. I think she's she's given Zoe a big rub because I be, continue to be impressed by Zoe Stark. I think her springboard uh, missile dropkick is a thing of beauty. Uh, I think that she is someone who has an intensity, and you know she's still getting better on the mic. You know she, she's not there yet in in that score, but which is why it's good that she's got someone like Trish with her. I think she has great chemistry with Becky, and I really enjoy that. Um, so I think all all parties have done a pretty good job in the story. I think Becky's showing a little bit of fire as well. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the end. I I mean I think the biggest uh, takeaway from all of this uh, for me is that Becky Lynch still comes across as such a monumental star, mm. and this is such a perfect little example of a storyline being carried in the women's division without a title being necessary. Yeah, just a story. Yeah, just tell me a story. And I know there's another company where we talk about no, how but, this is necessary. But it's very legitimate. But, because yeah. we were talking about this yesterday, and um, I ended up going off on one on Twitter later on in the day because someone had um, basically given a whole monologue about, it's not misogynist, and then said a bunch of anti-women stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. well, that is dictionary definition of misogyny. So there's a lot of barriers that we... Yes. And then we had a conversation about um, how... It, I had a conversation with people on Twitter about how when we were younger, and, and you didn't watch in the era that I was, but even in your era of watching wrestling women were very much presented as either a bathroom break or a bit of eye candy. Recently going around on um, on Twitter was Maria Canellas replying to things about, does anyone miss the pudding matches? Mm -hmm. And then, and it was this thing of like, you know, I, I had a whole laundry list of like Ivory and Jacqueline and Luna and uh, Michelle McCool and Melina and Maria and uh, Beth Phoenix and Alundra Blaze and women who were not given opportunities but made the best with what they had. And I think I think it's important to recognize kind of a how far we've come and i spoke about how having women be in the main event being unremarkable is really our ultimate goal here right yes. it's that it's not something that we comment on we don't need to say first time ever when it happens all the time mm. and i appreciate that um through the course of this show there's a lot of there was a, uh, there were numerous women's angles even reminders that other women in the show are present you know it Triple H has not booked the women's division brilliantly. That's that's certainly not what I'm saying here. Um, over the past year, I think, but but you know there has been an awful lot of of women's division content, which I do appreciate. Yes. And I think um, recognizing these women for their work and how far we've come, I think, is a really good and wonderful thing. 
So. Absolutely. I mean, this has been Becky Lynch's whole year, practically. Yeah. From, from wrestling Bailey earlier in the year to this now, she's been a star in and of herself without any mm. sort of uh, help from a belt or anything else. Someone uh, this 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 person who got on my nerves had basically said that like she got comparisons to Austin, but like she was never on Austin's level. I'm just going to tell this to you right now. Steve Austin is an absolute megastar. He's so good. His matches were punch, kick, stomp, punch, kick, stomp, maybe suplex, Luthers press, end of match. And like, Becky Lynch is compared to Austin because of the energy that they both gave, because of that anti-hero, stick it, like man of the people kind of thing is what they did. Becky is not always, we, we saw it, but you mentioned at the beginning of the match, there's this sort of sometimes a looseness, sometimes a, mm -hmm. a stutter moment. But there are also other moments that are just absolutely divine. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, she could wrestle circles around Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I don't think that's uh, revisionist thinking. Personally. I think that is a, a, a scorching hot take. <laughs> I think Steve Austin's one of the greatest professional wrestlers, bell to bell, that there's ever been. I'm not denying that. But Becky's great. Mm -hmm. I also think she's great. <laughs> uh, she managed to get the win with this match, uh, catching uh, Zoe mid-springboard with a manhandle slam, getting the win, avoiding getting a tattoo across her chest. Oh no, I'm shocked. Uh, Trish, of course, was was shocked at ringside. She really thought she was going to get uh, a nice tattoo. Maybe she would pick out the tattoo parlor. Maybe one in Toronto. Maybe the one I go to. Jam that jam. We had a recap of Cody last week getting beaten up by Brock Lesnar. He then oh, you came missed out. my favorite part, which was that they shouted out the guy who sang the uh, the theme song for the show. And Kevin Patrick said, it's the song we all know and love. And I would argue it's a song that we all know and are largely apathetic about. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the Raw theme is. Currently. Yeah, it feels like greatness. Yeah, greatness. Yeah, it feels like greatness. Yeah, greatness. Yeah, always. On loop. I forever. Nothing. So dull. Nothing. No offense to Vogue. I got nothing. You seem like a I person. don't, I couldn't tell you a raw theme probably in the last 10 years. I, because the last one that I remember was the Tonight Legendary! is the Night. What? Legendary! Uh, uh, uh. Nope. Sorry, skillet. <laughs> anyway, Cody Rhodes <laughs> comes out and uh, he says, that Brock beating him with a chair in front of his mother, he wasn't surprised. He wasn't impressed. You know who else wasn't impressed? His mom. He was. She was <laughs> she just was, like, She absolutely nah. wasn't. She knows all the whole thing. She was just like, nah, <laughs> it's fine. According to Cody, uh, she is one who saw Terry Funk throw fireballs in her dad in his dad's eyes. He's uh, His mom is the one who went out drinking with Gordon Soley, among the three best uh, commentators of all time in Florida, of course. That got a big pop from the Tampa crowd. Very lovely to see. Love Gordon Soley. And this was just a, it was a good promo. It was mm -hmm. a good promo to build up the SummerSlam match. There was no angle attached to this. There was no beat down. Brock Lesnar did not come out and attack Cody Rhodes. He came out. He said his piece. He said that he wants to embarrass Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. He says people in the back know that he is poking the bear and he's not poking the bear. He's slapping the bear across the face. And at SummerSlam, he's going to beat Brock Lesnar because he, that is what Brock Lesnar deserves. Mm. That it's the end of the story at SummerSlam. Uh, I am very excited for Cody to have a feud with a person who's there week to week because I haven't really enjoyed this whole um, come out, cut a promo, go back. He's always brilliant at cutting those promos. Like yeah. he, he, He's just got this unique talent. But I just, I don't know, It's a, give him a substance. It, it feels like spinning wheels. 
Um, we had a whole conversation last week about it was being was was is it stale? I don't mm. think the actual feud is stale. I think this is what's made it feel stale. Right. Um, also, he did a reference to Goldust, and I doubled down on it. Did you see this? <laughs> he was talking about breathing it in, like or like taking a deep breath, and he just goes. And that, Very nice. I, I'm always ready for a Goldust reference. We know this. Um, so, I think um, Dustin's contract is up at the end of this month. Oh, this month! Wow, yeah. I'm not paying attention. That's very interesting, very spicy indeed. Mm. Uh, we had a backstage segment where Jackie Redman, former uh, Sportsnet Toronto, do you remember how sad you were to lose Gunther? Uh-huh. You guys have Kathy Kelly now, and I'm devastated about it. I miss Kathy every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. I-, I miss Renee Paquette every day. No, you still have Renee Paquette. She exists. Well, you're Canadian. She's always there for you. It's true. She's, she's always there for me specifically. Yeah. I've got her on speed dial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick me up when I'm yeah, down. Yeah, she's like Canada's aunt. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Jackie Redman, also Canadian. <laughs> they just, keep, they Canadian? just keep poaching all of our <laughs> sportscasters, bro. Anyway, it's fine. Je- uh, she's backstage with uh, Ricochet. Ricochet is happy that Logan Paul accepted his invitation to come to Raw. Mm. But uh, Logan Paul's late, and Ricochet takes that as a slight. So Ricochet... Uh, he's going to do a thing later in the show. This is where we had Sami Zayn versus Dominic Mysterio for the NXT North American title. It now, I thought this was a quite a good match. Mm. I think that Dominic Mysterio had some very good offense in this match. He had a Hurricane Rana in particular that was spectacular. Uh, obviously, Sami Zayn is one of the best wrestlers in the world, whether that be maybe not so much these days athletically. Mm. Like, you know, he's his body is past that point. But he's still one of the smartest wrestlers out there in terms of getting reactions out of doing things so he's one of those people with you know a lesser repertoire can still pull out match of the night Mm. and this was again a great match they went back and forth i don't think there were too many people that thought sammy was going to win this nxt north american title but there were still people that were very into this match getting loads of near falls they had blue thunder bombs they had all the big moves and dominic mysterio went for a 619 he missed eventually Judgment Day bring out Kevin Owens, who mm. they have attacked. Kevin Owens is on the ground. He's coughing writhing. and wheezing. He's writhing. Good word for it. And Judgment Day go to the back. Sami Zayn is distracted. He gets rolled up. Hand on the tights. Dominic Mysterio retains his title. Yeah. He exits through the crowd. Sami Zayn is upset. He goes and checks on Kevin Owens and everything. Later in the show, it's found out that Kevin Owens has a broken rib. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether that's his actual injury or yeah, not. There's a legit but this is around. there is a legit injury involved in Kevin Owens right now. So this is being done to write him off. Yeah. In ring work anyway. So whether that's the injury or not, mm. regardless. Bottom line, kind of a lame finish, not very creative yeah, finish, I mean, but I understand that you kind of have to not pin Sami Zayn with Dominic Mysterio mm. any other way than a disqualification, or not disqualification, a distraction into something. But, I don't know, just a distraction into a roll-up with hands on the tights just feels a little weak. It's a funny one, though, because we know, I mean, like you said, none of us thought Sami was going to win it, but also I think we think the reason none of us thought we were going to win it is because the NXT North American title is, with respect to that title, beneath Sami Zayn at this point. It's not where he's at on the card. He's um, not an NXT wrestler. No, well, I mean, neither is Dominic Mysterio. Brad's no, but, lol, but closer. That's a, Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, in terms of position on the card yeah. and experience and you headline WrestleMania, you're not going for the North American Championship because you want the North American Championship. You're going for it to take it off Dominic Mysterio. Like, 
he I don't so I don't think any of us believed it was gonna happen. I also don't believe any of us thought this was gonna end clean because we're not gonna have no. Dominic Mysterio go over Sami Zayn clean. Um that said, again, I agree with you. What they did with the match was absolutely brilliant. I really enjoyed it. In particular, there was a blue thunder bomb that went into her heads as a takeover that I absolutely loved. And I went back and watched it again. I, I thought that sequence was absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, the ending was a bit lame because I don't yeah. really like that kind of ending, but it, was, it wasn't going to end any other way. Uh, so uh, crack on as far as I was concerned. And I do hope because we, we saw Kevin like, you know, he was physical. He was out there. He, he climbed onto the apron. He climbed off the apron. He walked away. We didn't see the attack on screen, which would lead me to believe that they're, they're not looking to exacerbate whatever right. the injury is. It would also lead me to believe with i must stress zero medical knowledge that it's not like a massively serious injury where you're going to be off for extended periods of time right because i think it would be a they didn't pilmanize him or anything that will make you believe he's gone for six months because it would be a massive shame because i think they've done a really good job especially in the post backlash months of uh being top stars on this show and, Mm -hmm. and making these tag this tag run not feel like a We've, I've talked about this uh, about Jay Uso potentially winning the, the world title it's like well what do you do next right. legitimize it. the win is one thing it's what you do next that legitimizes it and I think that there was a there was a concern that Sammy and Kevin would win the titles it would be satisfying but then like what do you do with them as a tag team I think they've done a really good job have great matches yeah so I think I, I hope that it's not a too serious injury so yeah. um, you know one's up for Kevin I, I'm very much hoping that this is something that he can return from soon yeah. I, I this makes it seem like they're not going to be on the SummerSlam card which yeah. is gutting yeah that's a shame but it's a real shame there wasn't too much lining them up for at yes. SummerSlam either yeah. so we'll see prayers up for Kevin Owens hopefully it's not too serious next up uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's backstage pacing making faces Ricochet uh pardon me Rick yeah Ricochet walks up and he's like hey have you seen Logan Paul he walks off there was a lot of just people entering shot unrelated just like Enter stage left. This is this enter is stage right. Drama school stuff. Like yeah. it's like you know, it was worse use later. The space better. Yeah, it was worse later in the show with the women's segment. It was. We'll get yeah. to that. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa comes up and he says, "Listen, I'm facing Bronson Reed tonight. Don't get involved. Piss off." Was he this literally off. Ricochet handing the torch to Tommaso Ciampa? Because it was like, because we've done this. We we've been yeah. done this on this show. <sighs> I don't know. Staging, it's important. Anywho, uh, Dom, Priest, and Rio walk backstage, <laughs> and they try and bully Akira Tozawa and Apollo Crews. And they're they're talking about, ah, we're on top of the world, look at Dominic, ah, I just pinned Sami Zayn, ha <laughs> ha. They're walking, and they kind of like bump into Apollo Crews, and he's like, what's the matter, you want some? And Akira Tozawa's just like, nope, and he leaves. I laughed hard. Akira Tozawa is one of the funniest people on this yeah, show. And nah, that's a conversation for a different point. I think he looks like somebody, like someone completely unrelated. Ah, screw it. I've you're, always you're in deep now. Yeah, I'm in deep now. I think, and maybe it has to do with specific hair, specific shots, or whatever, but I think Akira Tozawa with his current haircut kind of looks like a Japanese um John Malkovich. <laughs> I hate that I can kind of see it. Like, it's something. <laughs> There's something to it. And I can't That's quite place reach. it. But it's so strange. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's like one, I, I think it was like when John Malkovich is in like Transformers 3 or something like that. And he's got like white hair mm. and he's really, really tan. 
don't know. Okay, well, coming it. your way soon. Anyway, here it is our. Uh, someone you know. out there has thought about it. Yeah. One other person, and I'm with you. Anywho, <laughs> they basically just bully Apollo Crews, and Apollo Crews is like, what, you're just going to treat me like I'm not standing there? And they're mm -hmm. like, yes. He's like, do something about it. He's like, all right, I'll face you tonight. And Kira Tozawa comes up and is like, you got this. Yeah. Good, very good stuff. Yeah. Very good stuff from Akira Tozawa. Uh, next up, Tommaso Ciampa is going to face Bronson Reed. This was a very interesting match on this show. Because yes, was. this was a match that started where it was a top-level NXT match on Raw that no one cared about. I wrote exactly that. I literally wrote, I feel like this match would get a really good reaction as the opener to a takeover a few years ago. Yes. Yeah. 100%. And thankfully, I will give them credit. By the end of the match, people were getting yeah. more into this because these guys are professionals. They're very good at what they do. But man, when this match started, you could hear a pin drop. Mm. Like just nobody was down. Nobody cared. They kept going. They were wrestling. They were doing good stuff. They weren't working a WWE-style match, necessarily. Yeah. It was a match that more so started slow and then built and built and built and built and built until you finally had people in the palm of your hand yeah. going nuts for near falls. You had Tommaso Ciampa pick up Bronson yeah. Reed and hit an air raid crash, and that will always get a big reaction because that's a big boy. He kicks out of that. That gets a big reaction. Shinsuke Nakamura starts coming down to the ring, and this distraction causes Bronson Reed to hit Tommaso Ciampa from behind, hit the tsunami, and get the win. Mm. So this is the same finish, two matches in a row, more mm. or less. It's not a roll-up and everything, but it's a distraction finish, yeah. which not crazy about. I also don't really... I don't know. This is a weird three-way feud mid-card vortex well, thing. I mean, it's the thing. Feels of like, like everybody's kind of beating everybody. And well, this is yeah. this is the, the thing with this one because obviously you don't. Uh, do you watch Raw anyway? Absolutely not. So what you're missing is the fact that they did this storyline and they leave it to Money in the Bank. Yeah. With, with it's just that instead of Champa, it was Ricochet. So they yeah. just replaced a bald guy with a beard with another bald guy with a beard, and it never finished. It didn't finish. Like the the we actually praised it at the time of being an extra little spice of something that was leading into the Money in the Bank, and that meant that the Money in the Bank matches had various different stories going on within them, which I think was a really good thing. It's just that rivalry on cooldown. Uh, yeah. But you can't just do the same storyline just with someone else. Like it's not, it's it's a weird thing. I didn't like it. I don't want that. You know, give. A, but that said, and we were initially talking about that it was potentially going to be DIY versus uh, Miz and Reed. Oh, which like I'm. I like Miz. I'm the alone one. I, that's my. Imagine me liking Miz being my uh, my least scorching take of the episode. Honest to God. Um. I I feel though that if if you I don't see how they get there, but DIY versus Reed Nakamura maybe I think DIY are just not happening for a long time. Yeah, at this stage. I'm really um, sad about it. I was really hoping the yeah, SummerSlam I, match was DIY. I feel like Triple H was really excited Zane, about yeah. it, and then uh, a mustache came along and and just for men out of existence. So um, yeah, I just don't don't stop stop doing the thing that we already did. Stop it. Bad. What he said. Uh, we had the aforementioned ridiculous women's segment backstage <laughs> where Liv Morgan cuts a promo about Rhea Ripley. And now she just took out... Uh, now, amongst the talk of partners watching wrestling and such, my partner... I've said it enough times. Holly. <laughs> it's not a secret anymore. Um, Holly was watching this. news to me. Yeah. Holly was watching this kind of over my shoulder. She was doing something else while this was on. And she was 
appalled. <laughs> Why? By the writing in these promos. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but Which, like, that to me, to all. yes. That to me was just like, welcome to wrestling, yeah. babe. <laughs> yeah. well, it's I've got not all pipe bombs. Yeah. But that being said, what I took if much it's more not away all pipe from, bombs. <laughs> what I took away from more was that she was like, what is the staging of this segment? Yeah, and oh. this is where I was like, oh, yeah, it is terrible this week, isn't it? Mm. You know, watching this because Liv Morgan cuts a promo on Rhea and she says, like, it, it's she said she said five sentences and none of them connected to each other. One of the which sentences was really funny. she said was, I was the last person to defeat Rhea Ripley. Baby, nobody remembers or cares. Yeah, like, and that's not, not even matter. disrespect to Liv Morgan, it's just that's not the story. Yeah. And this is for you, Sat, who tried to tell me last week that Liv Morgan is still the same character that she was six months ago. Bull dink! She's not. Absolutely. There's no extreme extremism in this. She does the Liv opposite Morgan. kind of selling now. Now she just cries. She should have been happy about getting her arm broke or we'll something. Get to that. Regardless, she is saying how she's going to beat Rhea Ripley. Maybe she'll get beat up. Maybe she won't. And okay, Off sure. Exit stage left. Yes. Um, Enter stage right. <laughs> yeah. Was this a different segment than no, I no, was no. actually thinking no, of? No, no, it was all in one because I had the same notes. One. So basically, Rhea yeah, Ripley. So Liv, I'll, I'll, I'll do the stage. Take over. Hot tag. Liv leaves, and I'm and I'm doing these exits specifically. She she leaves this way. Yeah. In this way come the tag team champions. That's Sonya right. Sonya Deville and Chelsea Green, That's and right. they cut a promo essentially saying like. Excuse me, we beat her for the championships. You should be focusing on us. We are the champions. By the way, I love the Karens. Big fan. I, I think I'm glad that they're the tag team champions. I think that they're good with promos. They were talking also whinging about how all of this, everyone is paying far more. And then by, they're like, Byron, why are you doing that? It's like, well, she's got a match tonight. And she's like, well, regardless. Oh, everything's about Rhea Ripley. Everything's about Li Rhea Ripley. She runs this whole division. Enter this way, Rhea Ripley. Meaning that Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley have crossed paths. Yep. So were they, was there not like a Barney? Or did, was there a secret passageway? And, and who know? I know that's nitpicky, but that's basic stuff. Yeah. You can do better than this. Um, and then the, the, the Karens are like, oh, we were just saying how everything is run by you, which I quite, I liked. I yes. thought that was quite funny. Um, and then Rhea's like, stay out of my business or now I'm going to beat Liv up. That's my Rhea Ripley. That was, and that was the entirety of that promo. Yeah. So... Not a lot to work with here. Mm. The Karens are but funny. That is nonsense. But staging is uh, stop bad. it. We've got bad. another one in a minute. Yeah. Uh, we then had the non-match of Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, which was Rhea Ripley coming out first, then Liv Morgan coming out, and Rhea Ripley having hid behind the barricade yeah. and jumping Liv Morgan and just destroying her. Yeah, absolutely. Just tearing her apart. Absolutely killing her. Put her arm in a in a chair, mm -hmm. stomped on it. People were trying to say, no, stop, Rhea. Mm -hmm. All of the authority figures, the referees were trying to get her to stop. She then did it again. Mm -hmm. And this is apparently also a cover-up yep. for a Liv Morgan injury. Liv so, injury. my goodness, those tag titles just can't catch a break. Nope. Or maybe too many breaks by the sounds of it. <laughs> nice. But this, nice. this felt like an injury angle to write someone off TV longer than the Kevin Owens one. Perhaps. Yes, I think you know? so too. Because, well, I mean, Liv's, Liv's return last time came very quickly. Yes. So I was wondering whether or not it was, a, it was a too quick return. And it's the same injury. Apparently it's a different shoulder. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I, I thought it was a really effective way, actually, of getting Rhea to be reminded that Rhea's actually a 
bit of a dick. Like mm -hmm. she gets these big reactions and these chants because she's so compelling and the, yes. the partnership with Dom is so good. But I think she was getting genuine heel heat here, which I quite I thought was quite good for her. My first ding of Corey Graves of the day, and there are more to come. Is that he said, This is what would happen if Oppenheimer took place in Barbie Land. What does that mean? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. I had the exact same thought. I heard that and I just one of okay. those deals where I'm just watching, uh, um, you know, I'm watching the the show with a neutral face. Yeah. You know, I'm enjoying myself, but mm. I'm not losing my mind or whatever. And then I hear Corey Graves' voice, and my shoulders just sink. <laughs> See, I like Corey Graves generally. I'm, I'm, uh, especially his NXT work. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. But uh, this line yeah. was not the one. I know that there's a big weekend. Damn. You want to talk about Finn Balor winning the title a long time ago? Yeah. Corey Graves and NXT yeah. was a long time ago. I know. I know. Remember Tom Phillips? Oh. I thought that was the future. The future <laughs> was now, but it's not. The future is the past. No. So Anyway, let's go into some cinema. Yes. Very good stuff. Rhea Ripley, biggest star. Biggest women star in the company. Except biggest for. Biggest women star for, uh, since Becky Lynch. Except for Maxine Dupree. Maxine Dupree. Because backstage, Alpha Academy is upset. Yes, they are. They're very upset. They want, uh, they didn't, nobody knows what Viking rules are. Yeah, we do. It's a no <laughs> Q match with a boat. <laughs> he wants an Academy match. Yeah, man. With, with a chalkboard. I don't know what that means, but. Give it to me, SummerSlam. Whatever, whatever is going to give me more Chad Gable. Yeah. Alpha rules at SummerSlam. That's what I'm talking about. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Alpha chat rules. But in the meantime, Maxine. In the meantime, Maxine wants her first singles match yeah. against Valhalla. Yeah. I hope it's good. Tempest, don't poop it. This is our favorite storyline on the show. Mm -hmm. We love the Alpha Academy. Maxine uh, yeah. Dupree is, is the queen of all queens. Yep. And I think that everything, everything to this point in this storyline has been flawless. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited for one more match on the Go Home Rule next week and then an Alpha Rules at SummerSlam, Triple H, book it, I dare you. Fingers crossed. Hoping it's good. Ricochet comes out. He cuts a promo. He says that, you know, it's the same promo I've heard a lot of people cut about Logan Paul. It's like, oh, we're wrestlers. We're here every week. This guy's an influencer. He doesn't love this. He doesn't have to go on the road and be away from his family. Blah, blah, blah. He doesn't respect this man. Mm. It's the same promo. It was a well-delivered promo, mm. I thought, especially for Ricochet, who's maybe not necessarily yeah. the best at this thing. I agree. But same material. Logan Paul comes out, mm -hmm. and they are going to have a match at SummerSlam. Yeah. So that's cool. Ricochet wants a match at SummerSlam. Logan Paul comes out and he accepts. He blindsides him. Blindsides him, knocks him down. Logan Paul gets on Instagram Live or something. He gets on his phone, he starts streaming. He's like, ha ha, look at this guy. Look at all these fat virgins or whatever. And he turns around, he gets super kicked by, by mm -hmm. Ricochet. And he goes down, he makes a face, and Ricochet leaves. After that, Ricochet's, uh, not Ricochet, Logan's walking backstage. This is one of my favorite parts of the whole show. He's walking backstage, and Byron Saxton stops him, and he's just like, uh, Logan, your response to this, and he's just like, how disrespectful was this? How unprofessional was this? At SummerSlam Ricochet, I'm going to pop your bald head. He stops, and he looks at Byron, and he just says, no offense. Yeah. And walks <laughs> it was a good little bit. It was. <laughs> Loath as I am to, to uh, praise Logan Paul, this was good comic timing. I appreciate no. that. It was very fun. I mean, again, like, 
Logan Paul is Logan Paul. He's incredibly he's an incredibly talented douchebag. <laughs> he and really is. How much you enjoy such a character, mm. I will totally leave up to you. Yeah. I imagine that this match is going to be good. Yep. Rehearsed or, within an inch of his life. Or, as Luke likes to say, this match is going to be cursed, and they're going to botch every single move <laughs> because this is the feud to go viral. And oh they my have God, messed yeah. up every single thing no, to go viral except for the Royal the... Rumble. Yeah, except for the Royal Rumble. That's the one that they got. And my God, they've replayed that within an inch of their life as they. So should. they need new material. They need new material, and they keep messing it up. Yeah. So Shayna Baszler's backstage, and she talks about how tired she is being attached to Ronda Rousey. They're always in the same breath. At SummerSlam, she doesn't want a match; she wants a fight. I have to imagine this is leading to a fight pit match, which I'm all for. Well, let's get to that when we get to Ronda we in a minute. We will indeed, yes. Uh, this is where we had Logan Paul in the Byron Saxton bit. Damien Priest has his match with Apollo Crews. Poor Apollo. Well, here's my second ding of Corey Graves, right? Yeah. Because if you are going to sell me... I think it's perfectly uh, valid to have Damien Priest be fed someone mm -hmm. to keep up Damien Priest's mystique. He's yes. Muslim in the bank. He's supposed to be seen as a credible threat to the world championship at all times. So you need him to be continued, continuing to win. You need him to be seen as dominant, right? So feeding him someone like Apollo Crews, former Intercontinental title holder, former US champ, mm -hmm. it's, it's perfectly, perfectly valid, perfectly decent. So on the commentary, what you would do if you were good old JR is tell us that this is a blue chipper. Uh, I don't know if that's the right phrase. That's an American phrase, blue chipper, but whatever. He's Usually a, uh, more more to describe a, a prospect. Uh, well, okay. who's young and coming up. So, okay, so so uh, Apollo Crews is, has championship pedigree. He's had an incredible run in NXT recently. He's he, Look at him. He's an incredible athlete. He's got great athleticism. He's got great uh, stamina. He, he He's light on his feet. He's powerful. He's got big arms. Like, give me all of these promos so that when Damien Priest beats him, it's seen as yes. a genuine win. What we got instead was Corey Graves basically saying, like, well, he's done nothing. He Yeah, he's done things in the past, but he's rubbish now. Well, if he's rubbish now, then why is he bringing any offense to Damian Priest? And it's not impressive if Damian Priest wins him. Yes. That really, really got on my nerves. Yeah, so I want to stress that I don't have a problem with this booking. Mm. In in Yeah, the booking, fine. Like, the booking of uh, Damian Priest beating Apollo Crews, I think, is yeah. good. It's fine. Yeah. I think Apollo Crews is the kind of level of guy that you would want to, as you said, elevate Damien Priest. I think there is the part of my brain that's just like, why the hell did they pull him out of NXT? Mm. I wasn't watching him in NXT, but my God, there's been no reason for him to go to Raw. Mm. And yeah, I must say, like, Corey Graves sure does suck. He buried the hell out of him. Like, the point of this segment is not to get Apollo Crews over, no. obviously. And there was lots of talk on commentaries like, oh, well, he lacks this killer instinct. That's the, yeah, killer instinct. Yeah. If he's not the focus of this story, this match, or this anything, why would you make it about him needing to overcome this thing that mm. he's not going to? I don't know. It's, just, it's, I think it's just because it's really easy stuff. Just talk him up. Yeah. Because because ultimately, this is a pretend sport with a pretend competitive energy, and we're all supposed to be buying into this pretend idea of yeah. what um of, of the competition element of it all so sell us that competition what you're doing instead is making us think that this is the easiest thing in the world like yeah. no yeah yeah wasn't wasn't on board with the commentary for this one but in terms of a man, like <laughs> nobody cared was yeah. another thing the crowd was dead nobody cares about apollo cruz it's a shame but yeah. it is what it is i can't blame them no it's been how many years and everything but 
It, it was what it was. Mm. Uh, Becky Lynch is backstage. Uh, she's happy with her win. Oh, she chuffed. walked up to a skeleton head and went, <laughs> yeah. And she said it's not over until she beats Trish. Good stuff. Imperium then came out, and this is where the show <laughs> fell off a cliff. <laughs> and it's, it got back on for the, the contract signing. Uh, contract signing was, was good. Yeah. But, man, oh, man, were they hampered in this segment. The segment and match was just hampered by a lot of things, unfortunately. Well, so I thought the segment was quite good. I thought it was good. I thought there was also just, you know, people doing what chance. And, oh, yeah, the know, crowd, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think what's really interesting is the what chant used to be a sign of, like, you were uninteresting. But now it's just a what chant. Like, yeah. it's, just, it's, it's a sign of the crowd aren't paying attention. Yes. Whereas, like, because the, because the segments themselves are quite good. And I actually think, so I, I first of all wrote down that I think Drew's theme is among my favorites. I mm -hmm. love it. I think there's something really, like, powerful and, like, badass about it. It's a show-closing theme, which I love. Um, and I also love that Gunther calls it the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. Yes. He's adding even more prestige to it through that world. It makes it seem like rather than, like, my Intercontinental title or my Intercontinental belt, my Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. Like, it, it really makes... It's ring general stuff. Um, and they've got really good chemistry together. I think Drew, Drew was giving a good promo. Gunther was giving a good promo. The segment itself, really good when you have Kaiser come over. Um, also, who, who has got his own shtick that I really like. Uh, and I really liked it until the bell rang. Mm -hmm. And it was taken from him. Yep. So... This is a thing because uh, people have disagreed with me on Twitter, and I can't. Oh, I can't really? Yeah, I can't believe it. Are we about to have a controversial date? I hope not. Okay. I hope Chad is sane. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like you said, they set up a match here. It was a basic promo. Drew came out and said, "All right, I'm in my gear. You're in your gear. Let's have a match right now for the Intercontinental Title. It's one on one." And he's like, "No, we're not going to do that. We're going to wrestle at SummerSlam. It'll be one on one. Uh, Sheamus isn't going to get in my way." Drew had a very funny line in this. Yeah. It's like, I met Seamus 20 years ago. I was 17. He was 42 at the time. Yeah. And you just hear people just go. <laughs> it, was, it was a good line. It's because they're mates, and I like it. Yeah, it, it's, it's fun. And he said, all right, you're not going to face me. How about you, Ludwig Kaiser? You got charisma. Look at you. You should be the leader of Imperium. Wrestle me right now. And he starts going like, how? He's doing his shtick. Yeah. And then a brawl breaks out, and they have their match. So. Which is a good match, by the way. It's a good match. It's a good match. If, you watch if, I was, if I was these lads, I would be furious. Yeah. <laughs> I would be furious because, first of all, in a regular-ass match here and follow-up post-match, mm. just people chant, we want tables and stuff. And I, I talked yesterday about how, like, chant what you want at a wrestling mm. show as long as you're interacting with the show. I don't really care that much. Stop it. <laughs> Let them do the thing. Mm. That aside, because that was starting to take away from the match itself at a point. The other problem here is one Corey Graves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he really uh, went there. He Now, I will give him a molecule of credit here. Man does a very good Ludwig Kaiser impression. It was a very good Ludwig Kaiser impression. To the point, and I've heard a lot of people say this, where the first time you, you hear it, you're just kind of like, am I having a yeah. stroke here? Am yeah. I glitching out here? How is he on commentary and wrestling the yeah. match? Yeah. It was that good. That good of an it impression. It was a really good impression. <laughs> I didn't need to hear it four times. So comedy's uh, about timing. And uh, can I tell you my favorite joke? Please. Oh, well, like, my, it's not my favorite joke. It's my current favorite joke. So there's a man. He's 90 years old. 
uh, it's his birthday and all these friends clump together to buy him a present instead of getting a prostitute. The woman walks to the door. She knocks on the door. He opens it. She's there in lingerie and a fur coat. She says, I'm here to give you super sex. And he says, I'll take the soup. It's a very good joke. And it's over <laughs> like that, right? That's the length of your joke. So you do the Ludwig Kaiser bit and it's funny. It was actually very entertaining. It was like, oh, that's actually a really good impression of Ludwig Kaiser. And then you finish it and you don't do it again for the rest of the match. Or you can do it for the entire match and it becomes grating. Mm -hmm. And it stops being funny and it becomes a real distraction. And when these two, a former world champion and in a, in a major promo, by the way, this is our main event match. Like this yes. is the final match on the show. Um, like they're, they're really going hard at each other and they're having a pretty decent quality match and you're detracting from it. You're, you're making it all, you're going into business for yourself. You're trying to pop Kevin Patrick next to you and maybe Vince on commentary if he was still, if he was still in the gorilla. Um, it was a shame. Comedy is about timing. Learn to do it better. It's that one friend at the goddamn party who has a little too much to drink <laughs> and he thinks he's really funny. Yeah, guilty. And everyone yeah. just wants him to shut up. Yeah. And he keeps doing the same bit. And if you don't have that friend, that friend is you. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'm not a Corey Graves fan to begin with, mm. but it was like the first time I was like, wow, that's something cool. Yeah. And then he did it again. And I was like, okay, uh, still doing this bit, huh? And then it just kept going. And by the, the last time I was ready to turn the show off, I was just like, I'm done. I care not. I'm ready to fast forward mm. just to have you not be in my ears. I think the other thing is, I think Imperium are such a good team, right? They're such a good tandem. And the, and they, even the the thing about the goobers is he's got these two goobers who come across as goobers because they, they say things like, how dare you? And, it's, and it is that. And it is entertaining to take the mick out of them in that way. But also they're badass. Yeah. Right? They're, they're really, and I don't like them being essentially bantered off as the Mean Street Posse, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So that really got on my nerves as well from it. Um, yeah. Sorry if you liked it. It was a good match, though, which was, you know, the, mm. the real shame of all this. If it was 30 seconds and nothing and they just did an angle, it was a DQ, and they yeah. put them through the tables, fine. Who cares? It's not that long. But this was a long match. It was a good match that was being dragged down by this awful commentary really good match in fact like they were going for counters to each other's moves there was a great knee in response to the claymore exactly yeah. they were doing really good stuff like i felt like this is again one of those deals where you get a few like european guys that mm -hmm. kind of know how to work a similar but different from what we're usually used to kind of style so you can kind of mix it up and just do different things oh my god i just remembered we're getting drew mcintyre versus gunther at some right? slam. i'm so excited so excited <laughs> and eventually Drew McIntyre hits the Claymore, gets the win. After the match, Gunther runs into the ring. They all beat him down. Matt Riddle comes down mm. to try and make the save, eating the odds up a little bit, but he gets powerbombed. Eventually, they clear the table. Drew manages to flip out, and uh, yeah, he hits the powerbomb onto the table, and the, power, and the table just it falls apart. It crumbles. It crumbles. Everybody goes, yay, as they got their table spot. And they were back to chanting that they wanted tables during the main event segment, so just piss off. <laughs> you know. We did get a great shot of Drew sort of like crouching down over him, holding the title. Yes. And like, it's hard, it's hard. I feel bad for Drew McIntyre because the guy won the title and, and really did an incredible job of managing to be world champion in a room where there was nobody there, right? Yes. I think it's easy to forget that he was 
a beast at mm-hmm. that time. Like, go back and watch the Royal Rumble. A hundred percent, a hundred percent that. And so, like, looking at this moment with him holding this belt, real intensity. Like, he's got this. He's, I mean, he looks. We were talking about it. The the uh, Ultra Chat's mum was thirsting and I don't blame him because he's like this big guy. He got the great, his look is great. There's an intensity to him. He feels refreshed from having a break. Yet another argument for allowing these wrestlers to have just <laughs> time off for fun um, to recharge their batteries and come back all, all guns blazing. Um, and I, and I, I kind of like, I don't want him to win the intercontinental title because I think we're so, we're so close to this record now that we yeah. might as well just push on through and go for it. Um, and I have already made my argument that I want Chad Gable to win the Intercontinental title, but whatever, probably will be Sheamus. It could be Drew, though. Like, there's a there's a real legitimate moment where I'm like, ah, in this match, I can absolutely see you going over because you're showing it to us. And I would like at some point in the future him to be in contention again for a World Heavyweight title run. I absolutely. think he's good enough. I think he deserves it. Absolutely. I don't think anybody who watched his, uh, his run in 2020 and his run in the lead up to Clash of the Castle last year uh, can yeah. say any differently. Guy's a main event talent. Guy should be pushed like one. We'll see what happens after this. I think he probably needs a, a heel turn, perhaps, because he's below on the pecking order of top baby faces on, on, like, on Raw. He's got like Seth and Cody. Yeah. Depending on the week, well, I mean, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are also Finn up there. The belt. He needs yeah. a new babyface. Could well be. Mm. That's a match I wouldn't mind seeing at all. Uh, and the last thing on this show is Ronda Rousey backstage. She's just angry. Here's some more nonsense. Here's stuff. some more nonsense. Jackie, not Kathy, is all like, oh, wow, what a match. Uh, I'm going to try and get a word with Ronda Rousey, who then she goes over to Ronda Rousey, who's been pacing behind her, who then looks annoyed that she's been caught out by Jackie Redmond. Ronda, she's right there. You could just leave. Yeah. Like you could just you, you could just get out. Coming. You're not an NPC. You're Ronda Rousey, right? Go. Or the other way of doing it is have do that segment with Jackie walking already, being like, "Incredible match we just saw. I'm, I've just spotted Ronda Rousey. I'm trying to get a moment." These are basic things that you can do to make these things not seem just really dumb. WWE backstage safaris, like and yeah, like do it. Ronda Rousey in the wild pacing back and forth. We have no idea what she's thinking. She's not on the show. Why is she here if not to answer this question? Are you making the argument for um, David Attenborough to narrate? the backstage segments of Monday Night Raw. Tell me it would be bad. I, I can't. Yeah. In fact, I want to see it. In fact, I do too. And yes, this is where we got a lot more of like, a, oh, it's going to be a fight. It's not going to be a fight. It's going to be the fight. It's gonna, that's it. It's a the fight match. <laughs> They're not going to have a fight. They're going to have the, the fight. The fight. So this is uh, apparently looking like a fight pit. Mm. I'd like to see it. I yeah. think that looks real cool. That obviously fits the... Uh, Fits the story, fits I want, the feud. I want a stipulation for this one, and I want a stipulation for Cody and uh, Brock. I think, um, if I'm not wrong, I think Luke was pushing for fight pit for Brock and Cody. I think it's much better to be a fight pit. I think pit this can here. be a fight pit. I think that can be a, you know, no hold no barred. Hold just yeah. a straight no DQ match. I think it's more mm. than fine for that. I think it totally fits.
And that will bring us to the end of our Raw mm -hmm. review as that uh, the main event segment we've already covered. It yeah. was the contract signing between Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, of course. Mm -hmm. And we are going to get into the rest of our Alpha Chats mm -hmm. here on this show. So ding, 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 ding. Final call for Alpha Chats. Make sure that you get them in now. Any final thoughts you had about Raw? Who's going to walk out of SummerSlam as the World Heavyweight Champion, etc.? Send them into WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll be reading out all of the five US dollar and above ones before the end of this show and that is coming soon so get to it Sheldon Jackson says I wonder what they'll do with Finn after SummerSlam because I believe he does lose to Seth again because he'll be the only member without anything since joining Judgment Day Rhea and Dom became champions Priest with money in the bank Finn needs something I think I mean that's your good alternative argument I mean I, I still think okay what does Seth do next but the um the argument for Finn not winning is then you can do the we kick Finn out of the Judgment Day angle which is a really interesting thing to do and you can continue the story in that way um, I would rather it be the one with him having the belt but it's yeah. not it's not a bad idea yeah yeah i totally agree uh kevin says smackdown related something i don't see people talking about when reviewing the bloodline segment is paul repeatedly yelling off mike he said it came from the elders and roman replying he's not supposed to talk to them <laughs> the elders part is really intriguing i agree yeah my problem with it is that we've never seen them is it not and... Seeker? right like we saw them once we saw Alpha and Sika once and at, at a point, if they were th all this talk of the elders, I never had a problem with. Mm. And as of like a couple months ago, I was like, oh, they're never going to be on yeah. TV. Like when they weren't on TV for Roman's 1000 day celebration, mm. I was like, OK, they're just not actually part of this story. Yeah. They're just like an invisible character that mm. doesn't really exist. So I would be more intrigued if I thought that they would end up on screen and maybe they will. And maybe I'm totally wrong, in which case, well. yay, hurrah. But Can I give you a little bit of fantasy booking? Please. So uh, Roman wins the tribal combat match. Wow, what a fantasy. I'm not finished yet, Tempest. And then uh, we have an acknowledgement ceremony that we were supposed to have a long time ago um, and then never got because mm. we got the trial of Sami Zayn instead. And in that um, acknowledgement ceremony, we do have the elders. We even have Yurikishi involved, maybe. Father of the Usos still gives it away um but there is another member of this bloodline there's another member of this family who suddenly has a lot of time on his hands because hollywood shut down so rocky what's your excuse now Dwayne? what are you up to baby come along come along and tell me that you wouldn't be like oh when's the bloodline storyline gonna end oh go on i'll watch him i'll watch him face the rock why not why, why not? not come on Dwayne. Lord Blake OB says, realistically, I can see Priest cashing in for the Intercontinental title, given how Razor Ramon is his biggest inspiration and how he would want to hold the title he made famous slightly before his desire to be world champion, seeing how Razor never won the world title. I never need to see Money in the Bank cashed in no. for a mid-card title again. literal only time I could see that being cashed in for the IC title is if Sheamus won yes. it, and even then I wouldn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying this uh, in the lead up to Money in the Bank. If Sheamus was someone who was in Money in the Bank, mm -hmm. I think that would be a great talking point for yeah. him to say, I'm going to win this and cash in for the Intercontinental mm -hmm. title. Yeah. But a talking point and that. Yes. But then he I wouldn't want to win it. He wouldn't yeah. win the briefcase. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, Rockstar795 says, I didn't realize I shared a birthday with Finn Balor. What about, what about my best friend Nathan? Him too. <laughs> maybe, maybe Nathan is Rockstar795. I, I never thought about that. Hi, Nathan. Maybe it's you. 
So that's really cool. Thank you all for what you've been doing. Watching all since 2017. Hope you all have an amazing day, guys. You too. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Rockstar. Sammy Boy says, I find it kind of weird that Priest has no ambition to go for Roman right now. Money in the bank is for any belt, right? The bloodline is in shambles, and Judgment Day is stronger than, uh, and, than ever. They have the numbers game. It's insane that Dom has become the best heel. Yeah, I mean, there's an argument to be made that you could just sort of have him sit in the skybox and watch Roman's matches. Mm -hmm. But then also, I think, honestly, I this is where I go, you just have to make that logic leap and just go, nah he's like more invested in this storyline with Seth. It's more immediate and it's Roman Reigns. And I like, it, it would be complicating to the bloodline storyline to have the money right. in the bank be involved. So I think from that one, it's like, you are right. Like he, he could make a statement of ambition to go for Roman. It just narratively, it's more convenient to just keep him on roll. You know? Narratively. Yes, I agree. And also I can see the argument that you would make that, they, they're trying to pretend that the World Heavyweight Championship and the Undisputed Championship or whatever, which is such, such a stupid thing to say, <laughs> both of those titles are on equal tier yeah. in WWE land yeah. anyway. And if you're going about it logically, like Roman Reigns still has a solo Sokoa behind him. Seth mm -hmm. Rollins has no one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Seth Rollins is being feuded with with the, the Judgment Day, so you have the support of the entire mm. faction, whether they're doing it to support Finn or yourself at the moment. And they do keep talking about it as a, as a backup. Yeah. As, as like, you know, if you don't win it, I could win it. So it's almost like they've got a plan for it. Yeah. You know? I think it just, it makes more sense with the story that they're telling yes. right now that he would just be like, okay, odds are, Seth, you're going to be beaten up by one of us in the mm. very near future. So yeah, be I agree. careful. Uh, Chozo55 says, good morning, group. I tuned, I tuned in on the Champa Reed match, and I'm asking as someone who doesn't watch WWE frequently, are people normally this quiet for these wrestlers? Feel, felt weird hearing a pin drop till the end. Well, what's super interesting is that for a while, yes, like it was that, it was this, especially this year, it's this weird dissonance of like a product that I'm generally quite high on. Like sure. there's, there's, there's silly nonsense, there's bits where I get really angry, but most of the time I'm like, oh, you're actually doing a pretty good job with a lot of this stuff, but the crowds were being quite quiet, which mm -hmm. is in contrast to AEW, where they're always quite loud. And then over the past couple of weeks, the crowds have started to heat up, mm -hmm. right? I think last week's crowd in particular was great. Um, this this match was that weird... I think you yeah. tuned in on a weird match for it. For sure, and I'm not going to lie, I don't think Triple H has done a very good job with a lot of the people that he has brought back to the company. Yeah. And, like, Bronson Reed is... Near the top of that list, him Bronson and like, Johnny Gargano. Because I actually really, be uh, I really uh, vibed with his feud with Bobby Lashley. Mm -hmm. Like I, I really liked because um, it was this thing of he came back and then I was like, oh, and then he had a great showing in Elimination Chamber, and then they had this big sort of like um, Godzilla fight, which I was really into. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, but then go back down. Gargano is a great example. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a funny one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe. Jonathan Hedman has been a member of 23 months in a row, saying, hey guys, you rock. Was thinking maybe Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler uh, will be in a Lion's Den match. Thoughts? It does have the look of UFC. Yeah. It does. I mean, Fight Pit is their version of Lion's Den now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I, I think um, I think I would... Although I've I've not seen it in a um in a stadium context, and I wonder mm. whether or not the structure of the fight pit wouldn't work in a stadium context. I think it would be fine. You think it'd be fine? I think it would be fine. I then had the I had the same thought like the first time they did like Hell in a Cell in a big 
like a big stadium at right. like WrestleMania yes. 28 yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And then they just figured it out. And it's like, okay, I figured it was. You can, you can make it work. Yeah. Uh, Zeppelin 2144 says, Dan is going to get upset with me, Uh-oh. but I really don't see what character development they do with Cody a year from now or years. If he tries to keep this gimmick rolling, the crowd is going to turn on him just like they did in AEW. It gets complacent. He had a really good interview with uh, Sam Robertson on Sam Robertson's podcast that came out, I think, yesterday. Sam Robertson? Is it Sam Robertson? Sam Roberts. Not Sam. Well, he, uh, he's the son of someone, isn't he? What? Is he the son of Robert? He is now. Sam Roberts. Fine. Uh, his podcast, Not Sam Wrestling, uh, had a really interesting interview with Cody where they kind of did reference that um, AEW crowd turn situation. I think the more online among us are more seeing that kind of thing. I think the general he's crowds really find, yeah, he's yeah. really over. I think if you are someone who has watched AEW and, and you are, you soured on Cody in that way, you're probably more inclined to sour on Cody now. I personally vibe like nobody's business with yeah. this i think the casual audience does too i think um it's it, it it's it's certainly a valid concern and it's one where if i were cody and i were in the writer's room i would be i would be like okay what do we do to not to, to c- c- continue to capitalize on this success yes. and stifle any potential mal success um so but i, I you know I, th- I think he's still he's still got a lot more gas in the tank with your casual audience member. Yeah, personally. I agree. And I also want to just point out that Cody Rhodes is like a very smart oh, individual. So clever. And will have... He knows it. He will have learned a lot from this AEW yeah. run and mm-hmm. what mistakes not to make twice and, and et cetera. And mm. like, what can we do with him going forward? Tell a million stories. Oh yeah, that's there, it. There's all these wrestlers and everything. I mean, he's he already talking about... So many things. In that same interview, he's already talking about... Sorry to talk over you. He's already oh. talking about um, Finish the Story being something that he's like kind of annoyed at now. Yeah. It's a meme. He doesn't like saying it. So if he were to carry on saying Finish the Story and I've got to finish the story, then it would become like... I think then it would yeah. be more problematic. But he knows now when to, to draw a line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeremy says... How about Seth takes over the Judgment Day after Finn gets kicked out? Also, I have to mention, I've not laughed out loud so much in the last few weeks due to Daniel Garcia's Sammy pose <laughs> and his dancing even when I uh, went in sleeper. Yeah. I loved that pose um, for numerous reasons. Uh, but also, um, Seth taking over the Judgment Day um, after Finn gets kicked out. Um, I don't think that's the vibe. I, I don't think... know if it's a fit. Yeah, and that one. I think you would want like if Finn, if Finn's gonna get kicked out, you want Priest to. That's take it. The you want to bring spot. someone else in. So I see, for instance, uh, bringing a JD McDonough. Yes, is the, is the one we've we talked about that a bunch. But I think that's what you do with the Judgment Day to continue. <laughs> I'm as surprised as anybody. Their great work over the past year. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Justin says, I can't believe it. I share a birthday with Pete, Finn Balor, and Tempest's best friend. And Rockstar. And Rockstar. The list is growing. A lot of birthdays. A lot of birthdays Actually, it's also my brother's birthday today. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday, Ali. Happy Um, July 25th to you all. And my friend Amy's birthday as well. My word. Um, I I haven't texted my little brother yet. I probably should do that. Uh, It's been his birthday for a whole 60 hours. Um... Happy birthday to you as well. Happy birthday. Happy yeah. birthday, everybody. Happy birthday to everybody. <laughs> Charles Berg says, my recording got corrupted yesterday, so I missed the show. Just want to stop in and remind everyone to have a nice day, except for you, Rodney. I hope someone named Rodney is watching this because I don't want Rodney to have a good day. I want a great day. I think Charles Berg is secretly Pete Gas. 
Yeah, I was about to say, what yeah. did Rodney ever do to you, yeah. Charles? Very good. Rooster Libre has been a member for 21 months in a row, saying, I hope the receipt that Ludwig gives Corey Graves for mocking his shtick is payable in Dutchmarks with a follow-up pop to cover the a-hole tax. Germany has the euro now, but that's fine. Yeah. The joke still stands. Joke still stands. But I must agree. I mm. think uh, a I, 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 should be coming for if one um, if any of the journalists out there are watching this, please find out backstage whether or not there was any any uh, heat because I'd like heat. to know. Just a little rap on the knuckles from Drew. Indeed. And before we get out of here, I'm going to check our final poll to see what you all thought of this episode of Raw. And so very quickly, very smoothly, off he goes. He's out. Sixty percent thumbs up. 36% mid, 4% thumbs down. I think that's, yeah, I think I think it was a good show. I thought that some of the matches were really good. Um, I think there were, looking back at it, awful lot of promo segments, which is not, mm-hmm. um, but but within that, you know, I still I enjoyed the Reed uh, Champa match as well as all the others. So yeah, um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say that's a pretty accurate reading of the, of the show. Yeah, I would say this was like a strong three out of five show. Yeah, yeah. I like Judgment Day a lot. Mm-hmm. They are in the show a lot. I like that. I think that's a good use of time. I think they built SummerSlam very well, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'm going to remember any in particular segment or match yeah. in a week's time. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be uh, dining out on 70 a bit for a while. Yeah. So, there you go. Fair enough. But make sure, of course, that you let us know in the comments down below what you thought of this episode of Raw and who's going to be walking out of SummerSlam as World Heavyweight Champion. As for now, I've been Tempest, your host for this episode of the Monday Night Raw podcast here on the Talk podcast channel. Make sure you give this video a thumbs up if you haven't already. Make sure to subscribe and enable notifications to Always On so you never miss a Talk podcast just like it. We are going to be back on Thursday with our AEW Dynamite review. It's going to be myself and Ollie Davis. Luke, of course, is off this week. This is the week of Tempest. I'm doing every single show. <laughs> and I love wrestling, so it makes me happy to do it. Thank you very much, Dan, My for pleasure. another wonderful show. And thank you for stepping in. Thank you. Love it. Love, love to it. see it. I watch wrestling for my job. <laughs> I'm yeah, not going to complain. Yeah, I'm not complaining about yeah. anything. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's a fun job. I get to talk to a lovely individual like this. Okay. And all of you people as well. So I hope you have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful birthday because oh, it yeah. seems Happy half birthday, the chat has their birthday today. <laughs> Happy birthday, everybody. Happy birthday, Dan. Thanks very much. Happy birthday, Tempest. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time on Someone Else's Birthday too. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.